I have assured our men in the armed forces... It's been in place for 75 years now. ...that the American people would not let them down when the war is won. And for the most part, Americans view the GI Bill as an overwhelming success story, providing service members with help on everything from buying a home to starting a business. But when it comes to assistance for education, like tuition at a for-profit college or university, political leaders like Illinois Senator Dick Durbin are starting to ask questions. This is the most heavily subsidized private business in the United States of America. Why? They charge so much that the students can't finish their education or they end up with a worthless diploma. I'm David Abair, and on this episode of Deep Dive with Laura Arnold, It's a pot of money. The president of Veterans Education Success, Carrie Wofford. And any huge pot of money can attract bad actors. Who argues that our heroes in uniform are now being targeted in a completely different way. So, with that as the backdrop, here's Laura Arnold with our latest Deep Dive Conversation. We're happy to return to Washington, D.C. to discuss higher education issues relating to veterans. And it's a privilege to have this discussion with Carrie Wofford, who has been a tireless advocate for veterans' education issues for many, many years. And fun fact, my law school classmate. So it's always good to see Carrie. Welcome to Deep Dive. Thank you so much. And we are so grateful to you and your husband for your wonderful support. Well, thank you. Let's get right to it. You focus on higher education issues relating to veterans specifically. So just give us the 30-second description of what you do. So we, as an organization, serve veterans through direct service with free legal services, college and career counseling, helping them find the right college. We also spend a lot of time helping veterans who've been defrauded by a bad actor college who've just been lied to about everything. And then we do a ton of policy work. So talking to to VA, talking to the education department up on the Hill, changing laws, changing policies. What makes veterans different in a higher ed context? Well, in some ways, they are like a lot of first-generation students and non-traditional students. So they are—they tend to be older, with families, married with children, working part-time, and so sort of juggling. So they're not—because they're coming in after the military, typically. Second, because they are coming out of the military, they need civilian skills. So they really need those post-secondary credentials to succeed in the civilian workforce And that's, of course, why Congress created the GI Bill, was to ensure this successful transition. Carrie, I have uh, heard you say on numerous occasions that you feel that veterans have a target on their back when it comes to predatory practices in higher education. So can you explain for us what is the GI Bill, what was its purpose, and why do you think that in practice it's creating bad outcomes for veterans? I don't know that I'm saying in practice it's creating bad outcomes for veterans. I do think that the GI Bill is a wonderful success overall. It's a pot of money, and any huge pot of money can attract bad actors. So that, that's that's the the problem that we see. It's incredibly generous. It's a free ride to college. It covers approximately twenty two thousand dollars a year um, if you're going to go to a nonprofit or a, or a for profit college, and it's free in-state tuition at any state at any state university in the country. It also has a monthly housing allowance, which is really quite generous, and it has an annual books and allowance of $1,000. So it really is truly a free ride to college, which is great. And the design, of course, was 
let's make sure that after our men and women have served, that when they come back, we can ensure they have a successful transition to civilian career. So in in theory, the GI Bill allows veterans who are coming back from military service to reintegrate into society and pursue higher education degrees that will give them better jobs in the civilian sector. Can you talk about some of the tactics that you're seeing for courting veterans? Mm -hmm. The sad thing is the way that they've done it. So the sad thing is the really ugly recruiting and really ugly lies. So we serve about 5,000 veterans who have come to us for help. They were lied to about whether the school was accredited and whether they would be able to take those credits and transfer to their state university. So they're promised, oh, you can come to our school for you know two years, and then you can transfer to the University of Texas. No way. The credits are completely worthless. Promised specific jobs, like come and train with us in sonography, to be a sonographer, like in an OB office. And you graduate, you put all your time in, you lose all your GI Bill on it. You graduate and you go to your state licensing board and they will not let you even sit for the licensing exam because you went to a disrespected, you know, sort of non-accredited program. That's a huge problem. Veterans are lied to about the tuition because remember how the GI Bill is free in-state tuition anywhere in the country? So the for-profit colleges know that. And so they will lie and say, oh, no, if you use your GI Bill, it's free here, too. The GI Bill will cover everything. And then they take out loans in the veterans' names without the veterans' permission or, or knowledge. And that's fraud. Uh, so fake websites, aggressive outreach, and then a lot of lies. So a lot of the veterans that we serve um, have been lied to about key elements of the college. And law enforcement has found the same and has sued for the same. What we're talking about is federal programs that are de facto financed by the federal government because a lot of these institutions rely on students taking out federally subsidized debt. So the federal government is the lender. It's also the guarantor. Now, there's a whole regulatory construct that exists to govern these relationships. You alluded to a little bit of that. But for our purposes, uh, it seems to me that one of the most important elements is the 90-10 rule. So can you explain for us what is the 9010 rule, what's its original intent, and how is it that as it applies to your work, we've got some problems? Congress decided that if for-profit colleges, which are designed to make a profit and are accountable to investors and shareholders, if they wanted access to Title IV funds, that there needed to be some careful assurance that it was a college that could stand on its own in the market. So it's a market viability test. And so 9010 says, sure, you can have access to federal funds, but you got to be able to attract at least 10% of your funds from employers who are willing to pay for their employees to come or from private paying students. We don't want to have company, a profit-making company that's 100% funded by taxpayers. It wouldn't be fair to taxpayers that 100% of your money comes to the taxpayers and then you're putting it into profit. So 9010 says, let's make sure that you, company X, have enough market viability that you're not entirely propped up by taxpayers because we don't want taxpayer money to prop up an otherwise failing institution, right? Now, here's the problem. When the Senate staff were writing the 9010 legislation, there was no robust war at the time, and there was no robust GI Bill at the time, and, and they just forgot. 
about VA and DOD. And so they designed the law to to define federal funds as coming from the education department. They forgot about federal education funds that come from DOD and VA. So they forgot about the GI. Forgot about it. So de facto, what that means is that when for-profit colleges have to abide by the 90-10 rule, when they need to go chase that 10%, they can count GI Bill funds in that 10% because the statute does not include them in the definition of the 90. Exactly. It doesn't consider them federal funds. It's an accounting gimmick that there's some question about how legitimate it is, but it is what happens. General David Petraeus' wife, Holly Petraeus, was the leader of service member protections for a long time. The way she explained it is it incentivizes for-profit colleges to view veterans and service members as nothing more than dollar signs in uniform. All they see is that money. And when I was in the Senate Education Committee, we did this huge investigation into for-profit colleges, and we requested all their documents and got 30 tons, you know, boxes of documents from each college and went through all of them. We found lots of internal emails of vice president to vice president or president to vice president saying, because of 9010, you got to get that GI Bill money. Go to VA, get that money, get those veterans. We need that for 9010. So it was very explicit that the way they were going to solve their 9010 problem was they were going to go after veterans. I want to turn now to a conversation that we had with one of your clients, Marine Corporal Jay Hernandez who talked about getting calls from for-profit schools while he was still in active duty serving at Fort Bragg. In fact, while he was training out in the field, his phone was ringing off the hook from for-profit colleges trying to sell him services. Uh, So here's a small clip from our conversation with him. One specific night, I remember I was laying down in my tent um, in the middle of Fort Bragg, and I received a phone call about 8 o'clock at night, and they were asking me questions and, you know, going through the whole processes of trying to get me registered with them. There are those uh, predatory establishments out there that specifically target veterans because of their benefits and don't mind if they, you know, get hung out to dry and, you know, just fail, <laughs> ultimately. So, Carrie, you were talking about the practices of for-profit colleges to target this population. So they're very focused on this. Uh, Talk a bit about the experiences of your clients and the people who you represent. A great example is this website that we helped shut down. It was called GIBill.com, and it purported to be your portal for the VA benefits. It said, welcome to the VA. You've earned your benefits. Here are the colleges where you can use your GI Bill. But it wasn't the VA. It was owned by for-profit colleges. And they told veterans that the only place they could use their GI Bill benefits were these for-profit colleges. So we see these fake websites. Uh, We had someone at VFW test the system by entering his information. Within three days, he got more than 300 emails and more than 75 phone calls. What do you think are the roadblocks and impediments to closing the 9010 loophole? Why is that so hard to lift? You know, I mean, one of the reasons is sort of the sad fact of campaign donations in Washington. The for-profit college industry has been smart, and they give money to the legislators who chair the committees. Um, So, for example, the chair last year of the House Education Committee, Republican woman Virginia Fox, had received more campaign donations from for-profit colleges than almost anybody else in Congress. I think she was either number one or number two. And this is on open secrets. Uh, It's all public. And then, of course, she wrote her version of a higher education bill, which was to give them exactly what they wanted on everything. So, But what works to counter that uh, and what gives us hope and is very positive is that the organized veterans' voice really holds clout 
on Capitol Hill. So when we go in with the American Legion and VFW and we have 36 veterans and military groups who go in with us and stand with us and say, you know, we want veterans to be treated right. We want that loophole closed. That does have clout. And not every member of Congress is taking the money. So that leads us to be hopeful. And talk about some of your successes, Carrie, in that regard. You've spent a great deal of effort, particularly in recent years, galvanizing and mobilizing veterans for education reform, for higher ed reform. Talk about why you've done that and some of the, the successes that you've had in the last couple of years. Um, we've gotten a number of laws all the way through, which is great. They were enacted. One law, for example, stopped that problem of colleges promising a specific job that you couldn't get the license for. So that's now banned at VA. That's against the law. And we actually, we didn't even have to lobby to get that. We just published a report that showed how much GI Bill money was was being wasted and on programs where the graduate was not eligible to even try for the license and Congress was horrified um, and passed that unanimously. So that was great. We've gotten in the forever GI Bill that was passed last summer, we got a couple provisions. One was uh, restoring GI Bill to the veterans who were really defrauded by ITT Tech and Corinthian. So that was great. We've changed the rules at the Defense Department on what schools get approved for tuition assistance. So we've gotten a lot. While we've had a lot of disappointment from the education secretary, we've had a better time getting real change at VA. So that's been good. Can you describe for us the regulatory environment and the rules that govern these kinds of institutions where veterans are going? There are technical and career colleges that are not high quality, are not very good, and do prey on veterans because that big pot of money. The one thing that the Obamas put in place at the education department was something called the gainful employment rule. And that's one of the most important regulations. And it looked at any career college, any stripe, for-profit, nonprofit, public, if the graduates are basically not able to pay off their debt um, because they're not earning enough money. Often one thing we metrically look at is, are they doing worse than a high school grad, right? If, if you go to college or you get a post-secondary credential and you're doing worse than a high school grad, that's an indication of problem. So gainful employment is designed to cut off those lowest performing schools from Title IV, just kick them out. And it was very effective until Education Secretary Betsy DeVos decided she didn't like it. And so she has rescinded it to the dismay of many higher education advocates. But that's sort of the best regulation about career programs in particular. Now, we've uh, spent a lot of time highlighting the abuses of low-performing for-profit colleges. But of course, they're not the only bad actors. There are lots of bad actors in the system. I'm wondering what your thoughts are of the role of for-profit colleges in general. So in theory, for-profit schools are not necessarily a bad idea, right? They fill a niche. They, in fact, started to satisfy a requirement or a need that wasn't satisfied by what we'll call traditional public universities, people who needed to work work part-time and go to school at night, or people who wanted certificate-type programs and workforce-ready programs. Sometimes public universities, particularly four-year universities, weren't really equipped to address that. So you could envision a a market, if you will, or an environment where for-profit colleges have a role and have a healthy role in competition, in a vibrant market of sort of educational opportunity. What do you think it would take to get for-profit colleges to that point if they're not there now? If some of these rules were implemented correctly, 
it would drive quality improvement. So if ninety ten, if we do close the ninety ten loophole, and colleges therefore have to improve their quality enough to attract employers, that's going to be a game changer. If Congress can reinstitute the Obama gainful employment rule, which they're considering doing following Betsy DeVos's rescission of it. That is a game changer because it cuts off the lowest quality schools, just cuts them right out of federal funds. So I do think that that it is entirely possible for schools to do the right thing and behave well. One thing in the Senate Education Committee that we looked at was particular practices that were troubling and also particular practices that were good. And one thing we saw, for example, was at one point Kaplan had instituted a trial period where they said, come try us out for three weeks. See if you like us. No risk. That was terrific. That was a great practice. So that it's totally doable. And we are hopeful that they'll get there. I, it is also true, as you pointed out, that they were innovative. They were the first ones to offer online education, and they were offering these technical degrees. It's also true that at this time, community colleges have caught up to them, and many state universities have caught up to them on online, and technical degrees are offered. So they're going to have to work harder to prove themselves in the market. And we simply want them, as I once said to a bunch of them when I was in a meeting, I said, we simply want you to stop lying about what you're offering. And you've seen some very good examples of for-profit institutions who have de facto closed that 90-10 loophole voluntarily and who have had success. Maybe talk about those and what you think a high-functioning system might look like. Right. So the example of DeVry teaches us that this is possible. So DeVry decided to voluntarily close a loophole. And they worked with us on it. They came to us and said, we want to do this. We agree that that it's not right to target veterans. And so they announced it and they voluntarily closed the loophole. They will not count GI Bill funds as private dollars. And they simultaneously rolled back their reliance on federal funds uh, below 85%. So they said, we're not going to be wholly reliant on federal funds. That was terrific. And that does prove that this is doable. So, so, you know, these companies don't need to target veterans. They don't need to be reliant on GI Bill funds. They're perfectly capable of improving their quality enough to attract employers. And that was the point of Congress originally, right? Improve your quality enough that you can attract employers we're willing to pay for their employees to get the skills that you supposedly offer. Now, you've been quite vocal in your criticism of Secretary DeVos. It's no no secret that you have some constructive criticism for DOE. Can you talk about what your views are on Trump's recent talking points or proposals on higher ed? And is there any element of what you are seeing on the Republican side that you would agree with that you think has bipartisan legs? We do hear, and I think it's legitimate, is a concern about waste of taxpayer funds. And but we're actually with them on that. That's why that's why we're pushing for more accountability. Uh, I do think that there's concern about overregulating. So it you know it is true that if you're a a good honest college with good quality, consistently producing graduates, and yet you're burdened by you know a ton of regulation and a ton of rules, you have to report into the education department on, that is burdensome and that is a problem. So I do agree on that. One thing that we've started looking at recently is, could there be a, an incentive for colleges to be exempted from a lot of regulatory oversight if they were showing, for example, that they were putting the majority of tuition dollars into the student? So one thing that characterizes good colleges with good outcomes and sort of bad colleges with 
lousy outcomes is how much money they're spending on the students. And so there are some, you know, the, for example, there's a college, Colorado Technical University, that's owned by a company called Career Education Corporation. And it was recently sued by 48 states plus the District of Columbia. So almost every state in the nation, bipartisan, attorneys general, banded together and said, enough is enough. You have defrauded too many of our citizens and sued them and got half a billion dollars back. That was the biggest settlement ever. That school spends 8.5% of tuition on the students. It's taking 92% of taxpayer money and veterans GI Bill and putting it into TV ads, corporate call centers to recruit the next batch of veterans, really exorbitant salaries, and pure profit set-asides. And so, you know, if there are colleges that are instead devoting every dime they can to students' education, maybe they don't need to be having to report in everything to the education department every week. Carrie, you have a project that is particularly near and dear to our hearts, which is a project on data, on gathering and analyzing data relating to the educational outcomes in veterans. Tell us about that project. Yeah, this is big. And it actually dates back to, again, the Senate investigation when I was on the Senate committee staff. And we were often asked, so you're telling us what the student graduation rate is and the student debt rate and the student default rate. What's the veteran student graduation rate? And that was not knowable. It was not knowable because the education department tracks student outcomes but doesn't know who's a veteran. And the Department of Veterans Affairs knows where the GI Bill is going, but they don't know how it's working out. And from the Senate perspective, we tried to get the agencies to share data. And we kept trying and we kept trying. And it just didn't work. And then finally, someone at OMB said to me when I was no longer in the Senate, why don't you go to the Census Bureau and become a pilot project of the Census Bureau? Because the Census Bureau has this great interagency data platform. So we did get approved. And you're our partners on it. It's going to be huge. And we're going to be able to answer every question about student veterans. We're paying the National Student Clearinghouse, that's where the bulk of the money's going, for records on all the students so we can track them across time. We've got data from VA, we've got data from from all the departments, and very usefully, we have data from the Defense Department, which is um, an important control. Uh, The Defense Department, as each service member enters the military, does a ton of testing on them, including um, intelligence testing and aptitude testing. And so what you can do in our study is you'll be able to compare similarly situated veterans and then track their education pathway and see, you know, what kinds of degrees work are working the best for them, which kind is it a two-year, is it a you know, technical degree, is it a four-year, what educational pathways work. It's gonna be frankly very helpful to many people in America. It's gonna be helpful to VA, it's gonna be helpful to the education department, it's gonna be helpful to Congress. It's it's a real uh, game changer. We certainly agree. We are hopeful that this will allow every actor in the system to make better choices for achieving better outcomes for veterans and for students. Well, we've covered a lot of ground today, and I so appreciate you spending the time with us, Carrie. I just have one last question for you. What motivates you to do this work? The veterans that we help, everyone on our team really emotionally feels the heartbreak of what has happened to them when they've been defrauded. And really emotionally feels the the victories when we're able to help them by passing a law, for example, um, or helping them get their GI Bill back. It's really those emotions that drive it. It's like feeling like I want to deliver for them, feeling like I want to deliver for the, to the veterans who've been defrauded, and the passion. And frankly, when we get these victories, that's pretty awesome. So we've had a 
that keeps us going. Well, we're thrilled that you're in this work and we're grateful that you spent time with us today. Thank, Thank you, you so, so much. much. You've been listening to Deep Dive with Laura Arnold, produced by the Arnold Ventures Philanthropy. If you'd like to learn more about the organization, visit arnoldventures.org. By maximizing opportunity and minimizing injustice, we make change for the greater good. Again, that website is arnoldventures.org. Thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll see you again next time on Deep Dive.